Glory to God. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday to you. Is that as bright as the lights will come up? Okay. Seems a little... Ah, there we go. I like to see your faces. You know, I like to be down here amongst you. Well, I hope everybody had a good week. Church, we want to tap into his giftings. All of you have giftings in some areas. I'm going to push some of you guys to, to step into what I feel like could be an area that God could use you. Because I think God... I don't think, I know, God has a purpose for every person that sits in this room. Every person in the world that chooses to submit to him, he has a plan for your life. Somewhere, somehow, he's going to use you if you're willing to submit to him and do that. Amen? So he's got something for you. He's got something. And understand this. In order for you to do whatever it is that God's calling you to do, you're just going to take some faith. I know you hear, you've heard me talk about it. We live by faith. We walk by faith. It takes faith to please God. Amen? Well, you need that. It's a very valuable tool. Okay? And I know it, most churches teach on it in one aspect or another, or they should be teaching on it. Because without faith, you're not ever, ever going to be a success in your Christian walk. Amen? And if you ever look at, and, and you, if you just look at my background, of course, I came out of Ramah. And Brother Hagen, which was Kenneth E. Hagen, which was the father who originally founded Ramah, the mandate God gave him was to take faith to the nations. And he did that. I mean, he built a college out there. And, I mean, they have two to 3,000 students a year that go through, that sign up to go through. Tucker and Anna will be going. Austin and Jessica are out there now going. Now they've got over 250 colleges around the world teaching this. All right? And they're making an impact. And, but listen, they're changing lives. But I want you to understand something. Through God, with faith, and let me say this, through God with developed faith. That's important, and we'll get back to that. Through God, with faith, you can change your life. You've got to get a revelation of that. You can change your life. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've been through. You can do it. You can change your life. This is why we've been talking about this having the attitude that in it to win it, I cannot be defeated and I will not quit. Being determined, being bold, understanding the word of God. Amen. You can change it. And that's the good news. That's the good news. No matter what you've been faced with, no matter what has come up against it, you can change it. Listen, if you're living in defeat, I hope you're not. Remember, we want you living in victory, not living in defeat, all right? That's the purpose of our church. You don't have to deal with lack. You don't have to deal with sickness. You only have to put up with God's best. Understand, you are a son or daughter of God. He wants nothing but the best for you. Absolutely nothing but the best for you. You have to get a revelation of that. And understand this. In Jesus Christ, all right, in the things of God, you can change your condition. You can change your condition, all right? Now, how do you do that? Good question. How do you make these changes? Very simple. By faith. By faith. Fully trusting in God. Amen? By faith. I mean, you hear faith all the time. So what is faith? Good question. What is faith? And, of course, everybody goes back to Hebrews 11.1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Depending on the translation you read. That's the King James. I love the King James. Faith simply means that you're confident in the things that you hope for, convinced of what you do not see. Amen? Basically, you know that you know. There is no doubt 
in what you're praying for, no doubt in the promises of God, no doubt that in your heart that God's going to see you through it, God's going to provide you the victory, come on, and he's going to do it. Amen, he's going to do it. And listen, faith is very important. I cannot say that enough. It's very, very important. And it, faith has been, well, I'll, I'll get into that in just a second. Hebrews eleven six tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. I just said that, all right? You've got to have faith to please him. Amen? In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we live by faith, not by sight. We live by our faith and our knowing that God's got our back. God's going to see us through it, not by the circumstances or situation that's before us. Now listen, don't you disregard the situation or circumstance. This is where faith has been mistaught in, in the past, all right? You deal with that situation. You do everything you can with your natural power to take care of that situation. And if you can fix it, great. You don't have to stand in faith for nothing. You just took care of that. But if you can't, you do everything you can. And when you run out of steam, that's when you lean on God. You find the promises in the Word of God, and you pray, and you release your faith, and you believe that God's going to see you through. Listen, when the supernatural and the natural come together, it makes an explosive force for God. Amen. So you, I see that so many times people will, will they'll, have, they'll be going through a situation and, and to my eyes it may look fairly simple and they literally they'll be doing nothing about it. And I'll ask them about it. Well, what are you doing to take care of the situation? Well, I prayed about it. Well, you know, I, and in my eyes I can see ways that they could be ta- taking steps to fix it themselves. You see, you can't just walk around and float around on a cloud and act like these situations don't exist. Amen? All right, just a little nugget. Now, one of the best ways to learn about faith, and, and it would be, in my eyes, to, to study the life of Abraham, all right? And that may sound boring to you, but I strongly recommend if you ever just do get bored, take the time to study the life of Abraham, amen? But if you look at everything that he overcome, everything that came against him, everything that he had to accomplish, listen, there, nobody in the Bible lived more of a life of faith than Abraham. With the exception of Jesus, of course. Amen? Who said that over there? Uh-huh. Yeah. But he did. You know, he did. And look, I love Romans 4. The whole chapter is fabulous. If you're ever just bored, read it over and over. It's great. You know, if you can't tell, I love the Word of God. So that excites me. And it may not excite you, but it should. Amen? But listen, one thing, what I want to read, I want to read you verses 18 and 22. That's Romans 4, 18, 22. I'm going a little slower with my scriptures because somebody told me that I was going a little too fast last week. I can't help it. I get so passionate up here sometimes and I'm just going, going, going. But if you miss anything, please know the podcasts are on the website. Amen. So I'll slow down just a little bit for that. All right, 18. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. He was old, okay? And he wasn't looking at that, all right? He did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, amen? He was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded. Everybody say fully persuaded. Come on, say it again. There we go. I know you're awake. That's what I need you to see. That God had power to do what he promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. Fully persuaded. All right? Abraham was fully persuaded. He was fully confident that God would do 
what he said he was going to do. He was going to come through with what he promised. Amen. We need that attitude. You need that attitude. Amen. You need to be so trusting in God, so bold in what you know about the things of God. Amen. That you know that you know that you know that he's got your back. Amen. You've got to be convinced. And listen, if you're going to enjoy God's promises in this day, you're going to have to receive them just as Abraham did. Fully persuaded. Are you fully persuaded? Amen. Look, I'm convinced most Christians are not fully persuaded. All right? And as a pastor, this is where we come into, we have kind of lingo we talk. But faith failures, it's common that we talk amongst each other. But this is where that comes in. People, they're not fully persuaded in God. They have, do not have they do not have fully developed faith. I understand we're going to get to that. All right? And then they go out and they try to accomplish something. They try to pray for something and believe God for something. And then it doesn't happen. And what happens? They feel defeated. They feel like, I don't have faith. Amen? But you have faith. All right? They were only partially persuaded. Amen? They were not fully, 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 fully persuaded. So how do you know if you're fully persuaded? All right? Good question. How do you know? Well, let me ask you this. When a situation or circumstance comes against us, where does our attention go? Where does your attention go? Does it immediately go to how that situation is going to take me down? How it's going to defeat me? Or does your attention go to how you're going to get the victory or go to the promises of God, the Word of God? Does it speak the Word of God over the situation? Come on. All right? Listen, when human reasoning says there is no way things are going to work for you, and this is important, faith keeps hoping. If you're not continuing to hope when all basis for hope is gone, you're not fully persuaded. You're not fully persuaded. Amen? I'm going to say that one more time. If you're not continuing to hope when all basis for hope is gone, you're not fully persuaded. Amen? You don't know that you know. Amen? Get a revelation of this. It's so vitally important. And it's going to, it will change your life. Listen, did I say faith is important? All right, it's important. Look, faith is mentioned, that I think it's 450, 460 times, something like that, in the NIV Bible alone. You know, that was before it's been translated. It's very, very, God, it's important. For God to put it in there that much, it's very, very important. And look, don't, and understand this, faith is not just a message that a pastor gets up here and teaches. All right? It's, and, and, and I know there's ministers that, that teach on faith, they're, my my pastor that I got saved under is one of the greatest faith teachers. He travels the world in his 70s today teaching the faith. And uh, yes, it is a message that way, but it's not. that's not the only only way you get faith, all right? And it's not just a movement, all right? You always hear, hear people say, oh, you're one of those faith churches. Name it and claim it. Blab it and grab it and all that. Listen, don't get caught up in all that. All right, that's ridiculous. Faith is a viable tool for your Christian walk. Listen, when people start talking against you about making fun of your church for whatever reason because you want to believe the Word of God as it, as it is written, you know, that's just a tool that the enemy's using to drive a wedge in there and create a division. Because if you can get you, if somebody can get you submitted to what they're saying you should believe, well, now you're submitting to what they feel like the will of God for your life is and not submitting to what God is saying the will of God for your life is. Amen? And that's very dangerous, very, very dangerous. All right, so it's not just a movement. It's not some part of the charismatic lingo. It's a tool, and it's very important for you, very, very important. And let me, let me 
tell you this. It's in you. Faith is in you. All right? Stay with me. Romans 12, 3, and I love this in the King James. It says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according to according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Everybody has been given the measure of faith. And let me say this, everybody has been given the same measure of faith. Amen? The same measure of faith. What, how, why is that important? Because I've heard time after time after time after time. You didn't get the answer to your prayer because you didn't have enough faith. That is simply not true. Now, sim- don't let somebody tell you that. Now, it may be undeveloped faith. Stay with me on this now. And listen, <laughs> people come to me all the time. Pastor, and I'm not making fun of anybody if you've done this. I don't know, but I don't but, Pastor, please pray for me that I'll have faith. Well, Scripture just tells us you have faith. Right? They don't realize that they have faith. I understand that. I don't condemn them. I'll talk them through this and I explain to them you have faith. You just don't have developed faith. Amen? Develop. Everybody say developed faith. Amen? And understand this. The Bible also says that faith comes by hearing. Romans ten seventeen. So you, you, so you got to hear the word. All right? But to go right along with that, faith has got to be exercised so it can grow. I tried to put this as simple as I possibly could. You've got to exercise your faith so it can grow. What do I mean by that? All right? Think about when you go to the gym. Where's Hampton at? Is he in here? Oh, I'm going to have to get him. All right. Uh, Jeremy and Hamp go, into the, they go to the gym about every couple of days. But when they go in there and they're doing their bench press, they don't start out with 500 pounds, all right? No, they start out with a small weight, and they work their way up. What are they doing? They're developing their body, all right? They're developing their body, all right? And the same principle is it goes in, in, along spiritually with concerning your faith. Understand this. When you're born again, you become a babe in Christ, all right? So you have to be taught the things of God from the beginning up. All right, so everybody's spiritual walk is going to be at different levels. All right, everybody's spiritual walk is going to be at different levels. So you got to exercise your faith. All right, so understand this. I'm not going to get into that. That's more on faith failures, and we don't want to talk failures here. But let me tell you, you got to exercise it. So. When you accept Christ, I, I explained you were, you were a babe in Christ, all right? So your faith is very minimal, all right? What do I mean by that? You may not, you can't come right up and believe for a million dollars to operate a business, but you may be able to believe God that somebody will provide you a lunch that day, amen? Let me tell you a story, and I've shared this story here before, but I'll share it again because it's very important. When I got a revelation of this, was, it wasn't long after I got saved, and I was excited. I got turned on to the things of God. I carried my little hand Bible with me. When I was working, if I had opportunities, I would read, you know, and I was digging into these things, and I was just learning about faith and how important it was in my life. But I was working, and I was delivering to a warehouse up in uh, Alexander City, and it was hot. It was hot, and I was working in the trailer, had to hand unload a trailer, and, and it was just hot. And I didn't have a lot of money. I had two quarters in my pocket, two quarters, 
and I wanted something to drink. It took 55 cents to get a Coke back then. Tell you how old I am. 55 cents. I didn't have a nickel. I needed my nickel. All right. So I just, at first I gave up, and I went to the truck, and I'm like, gosh, okay, no water fountain or nothing. I'm just thirsty, you know. I'm just trying to think, where's a gas station? I can stop and get some water, blah, 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 blah. And I finally, I looked at my Bible, was laying on the dash, and I looked at my Bible, and I said, you know what? I'm a drink. God, your word says that I can have what I say I have, and if I believe it, I receive it. I receive it. God, you're going to give me a nickel before I get to that break room. Now, it's a 10-minute walk. This is how big the warehouse was to the break room. Now, I'm, I, t- I got out of the truck, and I was a little bit angry. Not really angry, but I was determined to get my nickel. I said, God, you're going to get me a nickel. Now, look, I didn't try to figure out how he's going to get my nickel. I started heading to the break room. I said, before I get to that drink machine, you're going to get me a nickel. And I kept walking. I didn't walk slow to try to give him time to make something happen. Come on, I just kept a steady pace and kept going, and I got there. Got in the break room looking at the drink machine. Still two nickels, I mean two quarters in my hand. No nickel. And I'm like, all right. There's about three people sitting in there. No, I didn't hang around and try to give them to give me a nickel. I walked up to the drink machine, and I stuck my finger in the change holder, and there was my nickel. All right, now listen, you can try to rationalize that out any way you want, but let me tell you something. That was my nickel, and that was, my, that was the start to my life of living a life of faith. All right, it has to become a lifestyle to you. And I've used this as we've gone through, and Michelle can tell you testimony after testimony after testimony for how our life grew. With that nickel, it started growing into believing God to get us out of financial debt, which he's got me out of financial debt. I've made decisions that put us back in financial debt, and I'm believing God to get out of that. It's just a snowball. And then, and, but he, listen, you start where you are. You start believing where you are. And if you look at the foundation that, we've been, that I've laid out before you, and you look back at the beginning, I told you to write down what you're believing God for. And why did I want you doing that? It was very important because, I, number one, of course, I, I've told you, you, you see God working in your life. Remember, it's very important to understand and see God working in your life. All right? Know what's going on in your life. All right? But not only were you doing that, you were encouraging yourself, but you were building your faith. All right, you are building your faith because when you can start believing God for the little things, the big things get easier, and the big things get easier. Amen. So, understand, faith takes the place of what you don't physically see. All right, and it's just your confidence in the uh, hope based on God's word. In other words, if God said it, all right, though I may not see it, I believe God's word. It's not based on what I see. It's what I believe. Amen? It's what I believe. Now, I'm going to give you seven facts about faith. Very important. Facts about faith. Number one, faith comes by hearing the word of God. All right, we touched on that a minute ago. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Notice the verse didn't say faith comes by having heard. Come on. No, no, no. Have It comes by hearing the Word of God. It's not a one-time thing. Hearing is continual. What does that mean? You have to keep yourself exposed to the Word of God. And listen, as crazy as this may sound, this is why I encourage people, when you're at home in your private time, in your private reading time, in your study room, your library, wherever it may be, I encourage you, you read your Bible, you read it out loud. You read it out loud. What are you doing? You're feeding your spirit. Amen. Understand, your spirit is feeding on anything that you allow in your eyes and your ears 
all the time. Amen? And that can be the music you're listening to or the television that you're watching or even to the people that you hang around with. Amen? And you may not even realize it a lot of times. Amen? You may be sitting there reading the newspaper or whatever you may be reading, hopefully your Bible, but, and the music's playing. It can be a secular radio station. You're not really paying any attention. You're loving that beat. You know? But those words, those lyrics are feeding your spirit whether you realize it or not. Amen. Be intentional about what's happening around you in your life. Very, very important. Very important. Now, number two, faith is present tense only. It's simple. It's present tense. Hebrews 11 one says, now faith is. All right? If it's not now, it's not faith. All right? Faith doesn't say it's going to happen. Faith says, I've got it. All right? That's when you're fully persuaded. You believe it before you see it. You know that you know that you know that you know because you, God created you, all right? And ultimately, you got your salvation by faith. You haven't seen the manifestation of what's going to happen from your salvation yet. We won't see that until Jesus comes back. But you accept it by faith because you believe. You believe what? You believe the Word of God. Amen. Same, same principle, same principle. Now, number three, faith affects the words that you speak, all right? It affects the words that you speak. Example, when you approach God, all right, you've got to believe that it's Elohim. he is Elohim, all-powerful God. You've got to believe it. All right? And not only do you have to believe it, you've got to learn to talk like he is. You've got to, listen, you've got to believe that he can change any situation or circumstance in your life. All right? And you've got to learn to talk like it and act like it. And walk, when, you walk, when you learn this walking by faith, all right, come on, it affects how you act, it affects what you say, and you begin to speak what God speaks, which is his word, and you begin to act like God would act in situations. This is why I used to love to tell you really how old I am, the bracelets they used to have years ago that said WWJD, what would Jesus do, all right? I mean, because it was so great. In those situations, sometimes we need to take a second and look, what would Jesus do? Because how many times do we have a tendency whenever we deal, deal with any situation to fall back into the things of the flesh, all right, instead of reacting out of compassion or love? This is how somebody ends up, well, a lot of people end up in very, very dangerous situations in their life. Amen. So, it'll affect what you say. And let me say, let me, let me say this. Don't be so super critical. Underst- let me say this. Every- all right, let me- everybody understand that everybody's spiritual walk is at a different level. Amen? Listen, don't be, don't be so quick to judge somebody if they're quick to confess something over their life. All right? When somebody is quick to confess something over their life, that means they're taking control of their life. They're taking control of their thought life. And so when a thought comes to their mind, they're quick to Put it aside, all right? Or somebody tries to speak sickness on them, like I had a friend of mine at work, and, and, and he, he coughed, and somebody said, oh, you got bronchitis, and he spoke out really quick. No, I have no sickness on this body in Jesus' name. Well, the gentleman he was talking to said, you're a nut. But no, he wasn't. He so, his spiritual level was so high, he was so t- in tune to the things of God, and so quick to not take that thought saying, not allow somebody to confess that over his life, that he quickly cast that down and didn't give it place in his life. Amen? So don't do that. 
Don't do that. Look, if it works for them, that's great. If it don't work for you, that's okay. You're still going to heaven. Amen? But don't be so quick to judge them for that. Amen? Don't be, listen, I have a friend of mine, a very good ministry friend. He's 63 years old, and he has never been to the doctor other than a regular physical. Not one time. But let me tell you something. You try to tell him he's got a headache, he'll quick to cast that out. I'm not taking that. You don't speak that over me. And he's serious. He's so confident in the things of God that he's not going to allow you to speak death and destruction over him. It's so cool to be around him. I can, you can learn a lot from people like that, you know. But because I'm not there yet. Sometimes I can do it, sometimes I can't, you know. So, anyway. All right. Faith affects your attitudes and thoughts, all right? When you're living by faith, you're thinking about God's word. You're thinking about victory, amen? Not defeat. Remember, we want you living in victory, not living in defeat. Amen? Now, it affects your thoughts. 2 Corinthians 10.5. We'll get to that in just one second. We've talked about earlier about taking a thought as your own. How do you do that? You speak it into existence. Take no thought saying. You take it as your own. Listen, you can't control the thought coming. But when it gets there, if it's a negative thought or if it's the things from the enemy, you know what it is. Don't speak it into existence. Amen? All right, 2 Corinthians 10.5 tells us, we're going a little, bit, a little bit deeper here, tells us to cast down every imagination and high thing in our mind that comes against the Word of God. Glory to God. What does that mean? Listen, Satan can put God, thoughts in your mind just like God can. Amen. And what's that telling us to do? It's telling you that whatever is against or not consistent with the Word of God, you cast it out. And you don't let those things fester up in your mind. You don't let them sit up there because... Listen, the enemy knows what, what to tempt you with. He knows your weakness, and he knows what to put up there to draw you away from God. So if you're struggling with alcohol, who knows what kind of thoughts can come up here? And if you let them sit up there and you don't cast them out and take authority over that now, then it's going to push you into, the, into temp, falling into that temptation, which is dangerous, very dangerous. Amen? Listen, and your attitude, it affects your attitude. I mean... When you're truly believing that you're going to win, I mean, you have an unbelievable attitude. I mean, I could go into sports. You know, when you play Stephen in a sport, no, I won't go into that. No, but Stephen has this, if, you, if there's ever been anybody that has an in-it-to-win-it attitude, that is Stephen. Stephen Decker will not lose, all right? He won't lose. You know, and that's hard when you're playing a ball game against him, but it's great when it comes to the things of God. He's going to fight it out. He, and everybody knows it about him. He is going to fight it out. But he has such a confidence, such a boldness, and he under, fully understands that the promises of God are his and that God that created him, created this earth, created this world, created everything around us, is going to see us through every situation we come into. And listen, if you take the time to think back in your life, and you think back, and we've all been through some bad times, all been through some bad times. Come on, we all have. It's a real church. But if you think about all those bad times, you overcame them in one way or another. You overcame them. And I'm just talking totally natural now. So, but essentially, if you look at that, God saw you through it. Now, you put all the unnecessary worry and stress on you yourself. 
Amen. Because you weren't aware of how to live by faith, standing in faith, believing in your promises of God. This is why I go back to the beginning when we talked about developing that relationship with Jesus Christ. How very important that is. All right? Very, very important. That gives you the boldness. That gives you the confidence in spending time in the Word of God. Because you've got to know what the promises are. You've got to know what's in there. You know, when you know something, you have a boldness about it. I mean, you take Jamin over here. He's one of the best drummers in town. When you talk drumming to him, the man's got it. He can tell you how to play, how not to play, when to play, not to play, what to do, one-handed play, foot play. I don't know. He can do it all. But he, and you know what? When he talks about it, you can tell in his voice. He knows it. He knows, he knows, he knows. Amen? That's how you need to be about the things of God. In order for you to walk out a successful Christian walk, amen, you need to get a hold of that. You need to get a revelation of that. Amen? And when you have that attitude, it becomes an attitude to you. Almost, a, almost an arrogant type attitude. And it should be a little bit arrogant. I won't be defeated. God's got my back and he's going to see me through this. Now, that don't mean you don't have a battle here or there. All right? This is why I kept telling do, do stay determined to win. In it to win, I cannot be defeated and I will not quit. That means you don't give up. You may get pushed back, but you keep fighting and you keep going in there and eventually you're going to overcome that situation. Amen. That attitude gives you the peace and the comfort in the, th- in the promises of God. Amen? Now, praise number five. Oh, this is my favorite. This is so much my favorite that this is in the vision of our church. Higher in worship. Praise is an expression of your faith to God. Amen? Glory to God. I mean, I'm going to tell you, praise is the language of faith. What do I mean by that? Listen, when you can come in this house, and you've had all the difficulties and the struggles of the, of the world coming against you back at home. But you can walk in here and you can determine to just lift your hands and you thank God. Come on. That's true faith. You are praising God for a victory that's not even there yet. Amen. And when you can begin, when your spiritual level gets to that point, oh my gosh, it's, there is no greater place to be. And listen. Don't ever just make fun of somebody because of how they worship God. Amen. I know a lot of people struggle with this. With this, oh, why do they raise their hands? Why do they, why do they have a little spring in their step and this, that, and other? Listen, don't do that. You know, as a pastor, we can we can sense where people are spiritually based on how they worship God. Now, I'm not talking about anybody in here at all, in particular. But understand this, when somebody's spiritual growth level is really high and they're so in tune to the things of God, all right, no matter what's hit coming against them, because things are going to come against us just in life. Some are from the enemy and some are just because we live in a fallen world. But they're going to come. You know, I wish I could tell you they're not, but they're going to come. But what I want to do is try to prepare you so when they do come. But when they come and you come in this house and you're so in tune, and you're so ready that you cannot look at that, you're not focused on that, you're focused on nothing but communing with your Heavenly Father, praising Him for for the things that He's done, praising Him for the price that was paid so you could have eternity in heaven. Glory to God. That nothing's better. Nothing is better. Amen. So don't make fun of people when they do that. All right? They are just super, super in tune to those things. Now listen. I know that that gets a little overboard sometimes in some churches where people are doing jumping pews and running laps. Listen, that's when it gets a little chaotic. And that's when... 
that's when uh, what I would call people are reacting in the flesh. They're just wanting attention drawn to them. And we're not going to allow that in here. That's not necessary. But if somebody gets a little get happy, puts their hands up, gets a little spring in their step, that's okay. That's okay. Because we know where they're at. They're so happy to have the opportunity to come in here. Because understand, your heavenly Father created you and me and everybody in here just to commune and to praise Him. Amen. And when they have such a revelation for that, such a revelation for that, that's all they want to do. They, they want to do. And, you know, you see a lot of people come in, and you can tell where they are. They come in, and you can, they're dragging in. They didn't really want to come. And when the music starts, they don't even want to stand up. Listen, you, it's obvious where they are versus Lourdes over here. She can't sit still. You know, she's so happy and excited. There's nobody in, I know in, any more in tune than Lourdes. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Love you, Lourdes. <laughs> but anyway, praise is very important. It's an expression of your faith, all right, in God. Amen. Number six, faith provides an understanding of how God works. If you look at what, how God works, the things that he, he does and the things that he accomplishes, we can't explain it. We just have to accept it by faith. Amen? It's just that simple. We have to believe in him and know that he does that he does because he is God. Amen? He is Elohim. Now, number seven, faith sees the victory in advance. I talked about this a minute ago. Second Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith, not by sight. All right? There again, please don't misunderstand me. That don't mean you don't take, you don't acknowledge a situation in front of you. All right? That's the biggest mistake most people have. Yes, you acknowledge it. You do what you can with your natural hands to fix it. Then you lean on God for the rest. Amen? Supernatural, natural, coming together, explosive force for God. Don't ever forget that. Amen? But faith sees the victory now. Sees the victory before it manifests. It's this fact that you know that you know you're going to overcome this. You know that you know that you've got this. You know that you know that God's got your back. He's going to see you through just like he's seen you through everything else that you've overcome in your life. Amen? Glory to God. You know, and faith is something that you could teach on for four months straight. There's so many angles and topics and, and, and it's just a lot of information in there. And I wanted to hit just the simple high spots for you. But I want you to think about this. Look at the big picture. All right? Why it's so important to hear from God. Because, and, and it's, it's because when you develop your faith, all right, understand you're developing your faith. I want you to see how all this goes together. You've got to understand why I wanted you to, to develop and have that relationship with Jesus Christ. Understand when he's speaking to you. Understand why I want you to read. Understand why so you can understand what his promises are that are in his word. Amen. Because, listen, God's going to bless you with the things of this earth. God's not a counterfeiter up there printing money to drop down off of a cloud. Everything that he is going to bless you with is within this realm that we're in, within this heavenly earth. What does that mean? That means if you're in a financial trouble, he's going to provide either somebody, he's really going to move on somebody's heart to help you, or he's going to provide an opportunity for you to work for your situation. Come on. But if you don't know when God's telling you to move, then you may never step out in faith to receive what he has for you. Amen. Listen, he may give you a business opportunity. He may drop that business, that vision for a business opportunity in your head. 
And you'd be like, wow, that'll work this. And you're writing it all down. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And if you sit on there with that vision for the rest of your life and never take a step of faith. Now, he may have already went to the bank and had a perfect financial plan for you set up. And all you got to do is step out in faith and go to that bank that he leads you to. But if you don't understand when he's telling you to go, you'll never step into the perfect will that he has for you for that vision. Amen. So it's very, very important. And listen, faith has to come a lifestyle. You know, Michelle and I, we started, it started with the nickel, really. It didn't for me. For her, it was, she grew up in, in church, so she, it was different for her. For me, you know, she just sit back and laughed at me while I learned it all, you know, later in life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, man. Because she, she could have just really ran away. But uh, So it was interesting, but it started with that nickel. And, I mean, it went through. I can tell you story after story. I, I'll tell you one really quick. When 9-11 hit, and let me tell you how old I am again, but uh, we, I had a particular job that paid about, at the time I think it was about $67,000 a year. And uh, guess what? We were living like most Americans. We were using every $67,000 of that to, to survive. Don't do that. But anyway, we did. So then 9-11 hits. The company decides to cut my job, so they sent. They didn't release me. They sent me to another job. Guess what? That job only paid forty-two thousand dollars a year. All right, we're in trouble. Quickly, we were in trouble. All right, so we tried to hang on, you know, and hang on. Eventually, there was nothing else we could do. You know, we just went to God and said, you know, we got to have a, we got to have a way out. You know, what are we going to do here? What, you know, and just through a freak thing that. Michelle's mom, where Michelle's mom worked, she, uh, I don't really know how it came out in conversation, but the gentleman asked her, you know, what was going on, and she said, she told him, she said, well, my daughter's about to lose her place, and, and he asked her about it, and he said, well, let's go talk to him. So he went over there and talked to us, and long story short, he went to the bank the next day, transferred the money. Not only did he pay the whole property off, he paid the whole property off, gave me my Suburban that was financed through the suck, Flew the whole situation. He kept about, what was it, Pop, about 20 acres back there? About 20 acres of it for himself. He kept my original house and shop and everything on three and a half acres right there. And he said, I'm going to let you have that back. But I'm going to finance it back to you, but there won't be any interest to it, and you tell me what you can pay. I mean, glory to God. I mean, it was great. I mean, it set us up, and it, it just we just went on from there, on from there. When we, we, we came up with an idea for our business, Went in, we were praying this out. We knew it was, you know, knew it was a thing, a move of God. God was moving us to, to go in a position to, to start this business. We needed $50,000 to do it. Went to an individual. God told me to go talk to him. Went to talk to him and explained to him. 15 minutes explained to him what I'm doing. He said, wait just a second. He got out his personal check, wrote me a check for $50,000. Yes, he said, I guess we're going in business. And not only that, he said, now I'm going to, he said, you know, I'll, you know he said, I'm going to, give you this check, but I want you to pay me back. I said, absolutely, we'll do that. You know, I said, whatever interest rate you want, we're going to work that out. And he said, there won't be any interest on it. He said, and better yet, you're going to need some operating capital on that. So I don't, I want you to tell me what payment you feel comfortable paying that back at. I mean, he didn't get no better than that. No better than that. I think we paid him $250 a month. And when we ended up selling the business, went back to this same gentleman to pay him off. And he said, you don't owe me nothing. It's like $30,000 left. You don't owe me nothing. You did a good thing. 
God's a good God. He's a great God. I mean, there's just so many testimonies like that. But it all started with developed faith from believing God for a nickel. It started right there. Believing God. Where can you believe God right now in your life? And where is he calling you to go? What's he calling you to do? That's where all of this comes from. God called me to do these things to set me up for where I am now. All right? So it came very important for me to have a revelation of who I am, what his promises are, how his procedures work in our lives so I could walk it out. And that's what he's wanting you to do in your life. Amen. Glory to God. Well, I hope you got something out of that. Um, Let's pray right quick. Father, we just thank you for this day. As always, Lord, you're a great God. Thank you for the price that, that you that you your son.